Section 16 From a Journal of the Plague Year. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, visit LibriVox.org. Read by Dennis Sayers. A Journal of the Plague Year by Daniel Defoe. Section 16. I know that the inhabitants of the towns adjacent to London were much blamed for cruelty to the poor people that ran from the contagion in their distress, and many very severe things were done, as may be seen from what has been said. But I cannot but say also that where there was room for charity and assistance to the people, without apparent danger to themselves, they were willing enough to help and relieve them. But as every town were indeed judges in their own case, so the poor people who ran abroad in their extremities were often ill-used and driven back again into the town, and this caused infinite exclamations and outcries against the country towns, and made the clamour very popular. And yet, more or less, Magra all the caution, there was not a town of any note within ten, or I believe twenty miles of the city, but what was more or less infected, and had some died among them. I have heard the accounts of several, such as they were reckoned up, as follows. In Enfield, thirty-two. In Hornsey, fifty-eight. Newington, seventeen. Tottenham, forty-two. Edmonton, nineteen. Barnet and Hadley, nineteen. St. Albans, one hundred twenty-one. Watford, forty-five. Eltham and Lussum, eighty-five. Croydon, sixty-one. Brentwood, seventy. Rumford, one hundred and nine. Barking Abbot, two hundred. Brentford, four hundred and thirty-two. In Uxbridge, one hundred and seventeen. In Hartford, ninety. In Ware, one hundred and sixty. In Hodson, thirty. In Waltham Abbey, twenty-three. In Epping, twenty-six. Deptford, six hundred and twenty-three. Greenwich, two hundred and thirty-one. Kingston, one hundred and twenty-two. Staines, eighty-two. Chertsey, eighteen, and in Windsor, one hundred and three, cum alis. Another thing might render the country more strict with respect to the citizens, and especially with respect to the poor, and this was what I hinted at before, namely, that there was a seeming propensity, or a wicked inclination, in those that were infected, to infect others. There have been great debates among our physicians as to the reason of this. Some will have it to be in the nature of the disease, and that it impresses every one that is seized upon by it with a kind of a rage and a hatred against their own kind, as if there was a malignity not only in the distemper to communicate itself, but in the very nature of man prompting him with evil will, or an evil eye, that, as they say in the case of a mad dog, 
who though the gentlest creature before of any of his kind yet then will fly upon and bite any one that comes next him and those as soon as any who had been most observed by him before others placed it to the account of the corruption of human nature who cannot bear to see itself more miserable than others of its own species and has a kind of involuntary wish that all men were as unhappy or in as bad a condition as itself others say it was only a kind of desperation not knowing or regarding what they did and consequently unconcerned at the danger or safety not only of anybody near them but even of themselves also and indeed when men are once come to a condition to abandon themselves and be unconcerned for the safety or at the danger of themselves it cannot be so much wondered that they should be careless of the safety of other people but i choose to give this grave debate a quite different turn and answer it or resolve it all by saying that i do not grant the fact on the contrary i say that the thing is not really so but that it was a general complaint raised by the people inhabiting the outlying villages against the citizens to justify or at least excuse those hardships and severities so much talked of and in which complaints both sides may be said to have injured one another that is to say the citizens pressing to be received and harboured in time of distress and with the plague upon them complain of the cruelty and injustice of the country people in being refused entrance and forced back again with their goods and families and the inhabitants finding themselves so imposed upon and the citizens breaking in as it were upon them whether they would or no complain that when they were infected they were not only regardless of others but even willing to infect them neither of which were really true that is to say in the colours they were described in it is true there is something to be said for the frequent alarms which are given to the country of the resolution of the people of london to come out by force not only for relief but to plunder and rob that they ran about the streets with the distemper upon them without any control and that no care was taken to shut up houses and confine the sick people from infecting others whereas to do the londoners justice they never practised such things except in such particular cases as i have mentioned above and such like on the other hand everything was managed with so much care and such excellent order was observed in the whole city and suburbs by the care of the lord mayor and aldermen and by the justices of the peace church wardens etc in the out parts that london may be a pattern to all the cities in the world for the good government and the excellent order that was everywhere kept even in the time of the most violent infection and when the people were in the utmost consternation and distress but of this i shall speak by itself 
one thing it is to be observed was owing principally to the prudence of the magistrates and ought to be mentioned to their honour that is the moderation which they used in the great and difficult work of shutting up of houses it is true as i have mentioned that the shutting up of houses was a great subject of discontent and i may say indeed the only subject of discontent among the people at that time for the confining of the sound in the same house with the sick was counted very terrible and the complaints of people so confined were very grievous they were heard into the very streets and they were sometimes such that called for resentment though oftener for compassion they had no way to converse with any of their friends but out at their windows where they would make such piteous lamentations as often moved the hearts of those they talked with and of others who passing by heard their story and as those complaints oftentimes reproached the severity and sometimes the insolence of the watchmen placed at their doors those watchmen would answer saucily enough and perhaps be apt to affront the people who were in the street talking to the said families for which or for their ill-treatment of the families i think seven or eight of them in several places were killed i know not whether i should say murdered or not because i cannot enter into the particular cases it is true that the watchmen were on their duty and acting in the post where they were placed by a lawful authority and killing any public legal officer in the execution of his office is always in the language of the law called murder but as they were not authorized by the magistrates instructions or by the power they acted under to be injurious or abusive either to the people who were under their observation or to any that concerned themselves for them so when they did so they might be said to act themselves not their office to act as private persons not as persons employed and consequently if they brought mischief upon themselves by such an undue behaviour that mischief was upon their own heads and indeed they had so much the hearty curses of the people whether they deserved it or not that whatever befell them nobody pitied them and everybody was apt to say they deserved it whatever it was nor do i remember that anybody was ever punished at least to any considerable degree for whatever was done to the watchmen that guarded their houses what variety of stratagems were used to escape and get out of houses thus shut up by which the watchmen were deceived or overpowered and that the people got away i have taken notice of already and shall say no more to that but i say the magistrates did moderate and ease families upon many occasions in this case and particularly in that of taking away or suffering to be removed the sick persons out of such houses when they were willing to be removed either to a pest-house or other places 
and sometimes giving the well-persons in the family so shut up leave to remove upon information given that they were well and that they would confine themselves in such houses where they went so long as should be required of them the concern also of the magistrates for the supplying such poor families as were infected i say supplying them with necessaries as well physic as food was very great and in which they did not content themselves with giving the necessary orders to the officers appointed but the aldermen in person and on horseback frequently rode to such houses and caused the people to be asked at their windows whether they were duly attended or not also whether they wanted anything that was necessary and if the officers had constantly carried their messages and fetched them such things as they wanted or not and if they answered in the affirmative all was well but if they complained that they were ill-supplied and that the officer did not do his duty or did not treat them civilly they the officers were generally removed and others placed in their stead it is true such complaint might be unjust and if the officer had such arguments to use as would convince the magistrate that he was right and that the people had injured him he was continued and they reproved but this part could not well bear a particular inquiry for the parties could very ill be well heard and answered in the street from the windows as was the case then the magistrates therefore generally chose to favour the people and remove the man as what seemed to be the least wrong and of the least ill consequence seeing if the watchman was injured yet they could easily make him amends by giving him another post of the like nature but if the family was injured there was no satisfaction could be made to them the damage perhaps being irreparable as it concerned their lives a great variety of these cases frequently happened between the watchmen and the poor people shut up besides those i formerly mentioned about escaping sometimes the watchmen were absent sometimes drunk sometimes asleep when the people wanted them and such never failed to be punished severely as indeed they deserved but after all that was or could be done in these cases the shutting up of houses so as to confine those that were well with those that were sick had very great inconveniences in it and some that were very tragical and which merited to have been considered if there had been room for it but it was authorized by a law it had the public good in view as the end chiefly aimed at and all the private injuries that were done by the putting it in execution must be put to the account of the public benefit it is doubtful to this day whether in the whole it contributed anything to the stop of the infection and indeed i cannot say it did for nothing could run with greater fury and rage than the infection did when it was in its chief violence 
though the houses infected were shut up as exactly and as effectually as it was possible. Certain it is that if all the infected persons were effectually shut in, no sound person could have been infected by them, because they could not have come near them. But the case was this, and I shall only touch it here, namely, that the infection was propagated insensibly, and by such persons as were not visibly infected, who neither knew whom they infected, or who they were infected by. A house in Whitechapel was shut up for the sake of one infected maid, who had only spots, not the tokens, come upon her, and recovered. Yet these people obtained no liberty to stir, neither for air or exercise, forty days. Want of breath, fear, anger, vexation, and all the other gifts attending such an injurious treatment, cast the mistress of the family into a fever, and visitors came into the house and said it was the plague, though the physicians declared it was not. However, the family were obliged to begin their quarantine anew on the report of the visitors or examiner, though their former quarantine wanted but a few days of being finished. This oppressed them so much with anger and grief, and, as before, straightened them also so much as to room, and for want of breathing and free air, that most of the family fell sick, one of one distemper, one of another, chiefly scorbutic ailments, only one a violent colic, till after several prolongings of their confinement, some or other of those that came in with the visitors to inspect the persons that were ill, in hopes of releasing them, brought the distemper with them, and infected the whole house, and all or most of them died, not of the plague, as really upon them before, but of the plague that those people brought them, who should have been careful to have protected them from it. And this was a thing which frequently happened, and was indeed one of the worst consequences of shutting houses up. I had at this time a little hardship put upon me, which I was at first greatly afflicted at, and very much disturbed about, though, as it proved, it did not expose me to any disaster, and this was being appointed by the alderman of the Potsoken ward, one of the examiners of the houses in the precinct where I lived. We had a large parish, and had no less than eighteen examiners, as the order called us. The people called us visitors. I endeavoured with all my might to be excused from such an employment, and used many arguments with the alderman's deputy to be excused. Particularly, I alleged that I was against shutting up houses at all, and that it would be very hard to oblige me to be an instrument in that which was against my judgment, and which I did not verily believe would answer the end it was intended for. But all the abatement I could get was only that, whereas the officer was appointed by my Lord Mayor to continue two months, 
I should be obliged to hold it but three weeks, on condition, nevertheless, that I could then get some other sufficient housekeeper to serve the rest of the time for me, which was, in short, but a very small favour, it being very difficult to get any man to accept of such an employment that was fit to be entrusted with it. It is true that shutting up of houses had one effect, which I am sensible was of moment, namely, it confined the distempered people, who would otherwise have been both very troublesome and very dangerous in their running about streets with the distemper upon them, which, when they were delirious, they would have done in a most frightful manner, and as indeed they began to do at first very much, till they were thus restrained. Nay, so very open they were that the poor would go about and beg at people's doors, and say they had the plague upon them, and beg rags for their sores, or both, or anything that delirious nature happened to think of. A poor, unhappy gentlewoman, a substantial citizen's wife, was, if the story be true, murdered by one of these creatures in Aldersgate Street, or that way. He was going along the street, raving mad, to be sure, and singing. The people only said he was drunk, but he himself said he had the plague upon him, which it seems was true. And, meeting this gentlewoman, he would kiss her. She was terribly frighted, as he was only a rude fellow, and she ran from him, but the street being very thin of people, there was nobody near enough to help her. When she saw he would overtake her, she turned and gave him a thrust, so forcibly, he being but weak, and pushed him down backward. But very unhappily, she being so near, he caught hold of her, and pulled her down also, and getting up first, mastered her, and kissed her, and, which was worst of all, when he had done, told her he had the plague, and why should not she have it as well as he? She was frighted enough before, being also young with child, but when she heard him say he had the plague, she screamed out and fell down into a swoon, or in a fit, which, though she recovered a little, yet killed her in a very few days, and I never heard whether she had the plague or no. Another infected person came and knocked at the door of a citizen's house, where they knew him very well. The servant let him in, and being told the master of the house was above, he ran up and came into the room to them, as the whole family was at supper. They began to rise up, a little surprised, not knowing what the matter was. But he bid them sit still. He only came to take his leave of them. They asked him, Why, Mr. Blank, where are you going? Going, says he. I have got the sickness, and shall die to-morrow night. Tis easy to believe, though not to describe, the consternation they were all in. The women and the man's daughters, which were but little girls, were frighted almost to death, and got up, 
one running out at one door and one at another some downstairs and some upstairs and getting together as well as they could locked themselves into their chambers and screamed out at the window for help as if they had been frighted out of their wits the master more composed than they though both frighted and provoked was going to lay hands on him and throw him downstairs being in a passion but then considering a little the condition of the man and the danger of touching him horror seized his mind and he stood still like one astonished the poor distempered man all this while being as well diseased in his brain as in his body stood still like one amazed at length he turns around ay says he with all the seeming calmness imaginable is it so with you all are you all disturbed at me why then i'll e'en go home and die there and so he goes immediately downstairs the servant that had let him in goes down after him with a candle but was afraid to go past him and open the door so he stood on the stairs to see what he would do the man went and opened the door and went out and flung the door after him it was some while before the family recovered the fright but as no ill consequence attended they have had occasion since to speak of it you may be sure with great satisfaction though the man was gone it was some time nay as i heard some days before they recovered themselves of the hurry they were in nor did they go up and down the house with any assurance till they had burnt a great variety of fumes and perfumes in all the rooms and made a great many smokes of pitch of gunpowder and of sulphur all separately shifted and washed their clothes and the like as to the poor man whether he lived or died i don't remember it is most certain that if by shutting up of the houses the sick had not been confined multitudes who in the height of their fever were delirious and distracted would have been continually running up and down the streets and even as it was a very great number did so and offered all sorts of violence to those they met even just as a mad dog runs on and bites at every one he meets nor can i doubt but that should one of those infected diseased creatures have bitten any man or woman while the frenzy of the distemper was upon them they i mean the person so wounded would as certainly have been incurably infected as one that was sick before and had the tokens upon him i heard of one infected creature who running out of his bed in his shirt in the anguish and agony of his swellings of which he had three upon him got his shoes on and went to put on his coat but the nurse resisting and snatching the coat from him he threw her down ran over her ran downstairs and into the street directly to the thames in his shirt the nurse running after him and calling to the watch to stop him 
but the watchman, frighted at the man, and afraid to touch him, let him go on, upon which he ran down to the still-yard stairs, threw away his shirt, and plunged into the Thames, and, being a good swimmer, swam quite over the river, and the tide being coming in, as they call it, that is running westward, he reached the land not till he came about the falcon stairs, where, landing, and finding no people there, it being in the night, he ran about the streets there, naked as he was, for a good while, when, it being by that time high water, he takes the river again, and swam back to the still-yard, and landed, ran up the streets again to his own house, knocking at the door, went up the stairs, and into his bed again, and that this terrible experiment cured him of the plague, that is to say, that the violent motion of his arms and legs stretched the parts where the swellings he had upon him were, that is to say, under his arms and his groin, and caused them to ripen and break, and that the cold of the water abated the fever in his blood. I have only to add that I do not relate this any more than some of the other, as a fact within my own knowledge, so as that I can vouch the truth of them, and especially that of the man being cured by the extravagant adventure, which I confess I do not think very possible, but it may serve to confirm that many desperate things which the distressed people, falling into deliriums, and what we call light-headedness, were frequently run upon at that time, and how infinitely more such there would have been if such people had not been confined by the shutting up of houses, and this I take to be the best, if not the only good thing, which was performed by that severe method. On the other hand, the complaints and the murmurings were very bitter against the thing itself. It would pierce the hearts of all that came by to hear the piteous cries of those infected people, who, being thus out of their understandings, by the violence of their pain, or the heat of their blood, were either shut in, or perhaps tied in their beds and chairs, to prevent their doing themselves hurt and who would make a dreadful outcry at their being confined, and at their being not permitted to die at large, as they called it, and as they would have done before. End of section 16